We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hello, I am back. And I don't just mean back with another episode this week, but I'm back in my office. I'm off maternity leave now. I've been on maternity leave for a little over two months. And starting yesterday, which was the first Monday of August, I'm back in the office and back to work. I'm taking it pretty easy, trying to keep my workload pretty light. I'll touch more on that in a little bit. But I am back and it feels it feels good to be back. I was a little bit stressed out, if I'm going to be honest, about coming back just because the past two months have been so nice, so relaxed. I really enjoyed the time with my family. When I went on maternity leave, I was actually a little worried that I wasn't going to fully be present and enjoy the time off and that I might just be thinking about work all the time or feel a little stir crazy, just feel like I didn't have enough to do. But we have done so many things as a family and I've just really enjoyed the time. And so coming back, I was was feeling a little bit regretful that I had to go back to work, that there were things that needed to get done. But it's been really good so far. I mean, I'm only on the second day, but just I think the main thing is looking at my to-do list. There's not that much on it because we haven't started any new projects yet. And so it's been good so far and I'm stressing about it less and less as I'm continuing to get into the work and just to see what there really is on my plate. And so that is quite a relief. But anyway, it feels good to be back here with you as well. And I'm excited to be back into the groove of doing the podcast on a regular basis. You guys have been listening to pre-recorded episodes for the past couple of months, but now we're going to get back into the regular routine of things filming videos on a weekly basis, recording the podcast on a weekly basis. And I really love that routine. I love being able to connect with you guys in real time, very regularly. And that's what makes me feel the most connected and really enjoy my work the most. So I'm really looking forward to being back into that. So in today's episode, we are going to go over July's income reports. I'm going to share with you exactly how much money the business made in July, how much I worked because I did work a little bit. And then I'm also going to specifically talk about how much my team worked. I meant to talk about this last month, but I forgot. So we're going to do that this month. And I think it's probably actually for the best because last month I only had one month of data of how much they were working while I was on maternity leave. But this month, we'll actually get to look at how much they worked in total while I was on maternity leave and kind of the average for those two months. So I think that the data will be a little bit more meaningful there. So with that being said, let's get on into July's income report and take a look at these numbers. Well, I'm going to take a look at these numbers and I'll be reading them to you. Okay, so in the month of July, I'm not going to go line by line for all of the expenses. I've covered that in previous months 
pretty in depth. And I think that next month I will go line by line again, just because I haven't done it in a little while. But for today, I just want to kind of compare to June and to previous months, especially. So for our other income, other income is income that we didn't earn from selling products ourselves, but rather income that we earned from affiliate opportunities or from ad revenue, things like that. So this income was up a little bit this month. We earned $10,224 in the month of July in other income compared to June when we earned $9,371. So we earned almost $1,000 more. And this was largely due to the fact that Teachable, which is one of the main affiliate partners that we work with, paid us out a bonus for a promotion that had been done in a previous month. Okay, now we're going to move on to the product sales income. So this is money that we earned from products that we sold. And for context, my business sells exclusively digital products. So online trainings, online courses, PDFs, and things of that nature. And in the month of July, our total product sales were down a bit from June. In June, we had sold 37800 And now in the month of July, we sold 32200 so it was down about $5,500 from June. Now, of course, this totally makes sense considering that I wasn't in the office and I am the person who runs all the promotional campaigns. So we weren't doing any launches. We weren't doing anything to increase our evergreen sales or anything like that. And so honestly, I expected a way bigger dip than this starting in June. And our income for July is still higher than it has been most months in the past. So that's really exciting and a really positive thing. Our total income for the month of July, our total gross income was $42,455. Compared to June, when we earned $47,135 of gross revenue. So again, it's about $5,000 or so less than in the month of June, but still a really good month for us. And while I'm not going to go line by line, I will let you know that the reduction that we saw in product sales was very evenly distributed across the different products that we sell. So for each of the different courses and for our membership site, all of those were down a very even amount. They all sold about $1,000 less than they did in the month of June. And again, very expected, very understandable. So now I'm going to move on and talk about our expenses. So one thing that I want to touch on here is, like I said, when I get into talking about hours, I'm going to share with you how many hours the team was working while I was away. But as far as our expenses go, something that is a cool, positive thing, at least in my book, is that I pay most people on our team a monthly retainer, a consistent monthly retainer. So I'm paying them the same amount every single month, regardless of how much work or how little work we do. So in the months leading up to my maternity leave, we were all working more than we normally do. I was paying them the same amount. But now, spoiler alert, they're working a bit less while I'm out of the office and I'm continuing to pay them the same amount that I normally do. So even though I was out of the office and I wasn't working, I wasn't having to pay anyone any extra amount to run the business while I was gone. And so my expenses, at least in terms of payments to subcontractors, didn't increase while I was out of the office, which was really nice. 
Okay, so with that being said, let's talk about what these expenses actually were. The expense that was the most different from June to July was the amount of money that we spent on advertising. So as I've talked about in the last few income reports, we've been working on getting some Facebook advertising campaigns off the ground, and it's been a very rocky start. We've ran into a lot of problems, and not just problems with their ads performing poorly. We haven't really had that problem at all. We've had a lot of glitches with our actual ad accounts, and and just Facebook having a lot of issues lately. So we've had to take several months to get these campaigns off the ground and actually working properly so that we could scale them. And finally, at this point, we are scaling them. I will admit there are still a couple strange glitches. Long story short, right now, Facebook isn't tracking all of our conversions properly. So we're making sales that for some reason, Facebook isn't seeing isn't aware of. And yes, we've got the pixel installed in all the right places and it's firing properly, apparently, and Facebook is tracking a lot of the sales, but it's missing somewhere between 25 and 50% of the sales. We don't know why. We are actively working on trying to solve the problem, but despite that, we are seeing a really good ROI on the money we're spending on the ads. And so we are proceeding to scale these advertising campaigns, even though there are some glitches. So in the month of June, we spent a little over $4,000 on these ads. And now in the month of July, we've scaled this up to $7,000 on ads. Now, obviously, the purpose of these ad campaigns is to promote our products and generate more sales and more revenue. And so considering that, at first it might seem strange that right now we're spending more money on ads than we ever have and we earned less in revenue than we did the past couple months. But that is simply because yes, these ads are working, but like I said earlier, we're not doing a lot of other organic marketing techniques and we're not doing organic launches like we normally do because I've been out of the office. So the ads have been pulling more weight than they have in the past few months and have helped to keep those revenue numbers as high as they have been. In future months, I expect that we'll be able to scale these campaigns even further, so we'll be spending even more on ads, and this should help to increase our revenue further. And of course, we'll continue to work on new organic marketing tactics so that hopefully we can push that revenue even higher than it will go simply from the paid marketing tactics. Okay, so I hope that all made sense. I'm gonna move on now to talk about some of our other expenses, most of which were actually quite similar. We spent a fairly similar amount on payment processing fees, of course, a little bit less since our sales were a little bit less. We spent the same amount on continuing education as I have for the past couple months. I haven't been buying any new products, but I did buy a very expensive program several months back, most of a year ago, that I've been making payments on. And so I spent $750 on those payments. And then I spent $420 on bookkeeping, which is the same amount I've spent the last couple months. However, I did have one additional expense, which is I paid someone to prepare my taxes for me. And that was $850. And let me just talk about that for a quick moment, because before I started my business, I always did my taxes on my own. And even after I started my business, I normally did my own taxes. And part of this was because, of course, when I first started my business, I didn't have much extra money. And so I didn't really feel like I could afford the expense of having someone do my taxes. And along with that, I really didn't know how much it was going to cost to have someone do my taxes. And so that 
fear of the unknown kept me away from hiring someone or even considering hiring someone. So just in case maybe you are in a similar position to the position I was in where you don't even really know how much it would cost to have someone do business taxes. This year, I paid someone $850. This was with having an LLC that is filing as an S corporation. So they're fairly complex taxes at this point. I also had some investments and I own a home and they have kids. So yes, fairly complex taxes. Last year, I also hired someone. I believe I paid that person around $400. My taxes weren't a lot simpler then. It was apparently just a cheaper accountant. They did a fine job. There was a few things about the experience I didn't prefer. And so I've used a new accountant this year who I liked better. Anyway, so I hope that that gives you kind of a ballpark idea of how much you might pay someone to do business taxes. Now, of course, if your business structure is a lot simpler and your business is smaller, then you probably won't have to pay that much. But somewhere in the range of $200 to $1,000 seems to be pretty typical for how much you'll pay someone to prepare your taxes, at least where I live. And for reference, I live in Oregon. The next category on my expenses record is office supplies and software. I spent a fair amount more on office supplies in the month of July. I spent around $500 on office supplies, and this was just in preparation of getting back into the office. I bought some very miscellaneous, mostly small things. And then we also spent $332 on software and subscriptions, which is the same amount we spent for the last couple months. And this is primarily for ConvertKit, which is our email marketing software and then for SamCart, which is the shopping cart software that we use that allows people to check out and actually purchase our products. And yes, SamCart is really good and ConvertKit is really good and I would highly recommend them both. Anyway, so there are a couple other smaller pieces of software that we use, but those two softwares are the bulk of this expense. The next thing on my expenses report is the amount we spent on the podcast and I see a mistake here. Well, not exactly a mistake. It's not really a mistake with the bookkeeping, but it's just a weird thing that makes the numbers look different than they really are. In the month of June, I'm showing that we spent $3,453 on the podcast, and then in the month of July, only $65. And so basically it looks like I paid probably June and July's invoices both in the month of June for the podcast production company that produces this show. And then in the month of July, I didn't pay any of the invoices. So it looks like we spent a lot more money in June than July. But while it isn't a mistake, it is kind of a glitch in the accounting because it makes our numbers look different than they are in reality. Another expense that was higher in the month of July was the amount that we spent on the website. So we always spend a little bit of money on things like our hosting and maybe on hiring someone to make a few little tweaks. In the month of July, we spent $466 though, which is about $400 more than we normally spend because we hired a web designer to help us recreate one of our sales pages on our Startup Society website. So in other words, right now we have a sales page for Startup Society that was on gillianperkins.com. We wanted this sales page to exist on the actual Startup Society website, because that would make sense, right? That when you go to Startup Society and you're not a member yet, you see a sales page that tells you about the program. But there actually wasn't such a page on the site. And the Startup Society website has a different theme and different plugins that we use to design the pages on that site than we use on gillianperkins.com. And so we couldn't simply 
copy and paste the page from one site to the next. It actually had to be rebuilt from scratch on the other website. And so we decided to outsource that and save ourselves the time and headache. The next line item is the amount paid to me. I was paid $4,700 in wages because I'm technically an employee of the company. So I earn money both as the profits of the company, but I also get paid wages. And these two different types of money that I earned are taxed differently. And so $4,700 is the amount that I've been being consistently paid lately. And then we paid $359.50 cents in federal payroll taxes on that money. Okay, so now we're going to move on to talk about how much I paid subcontractors. First of all, for administrative assistance, that's what this category says. This is money paid to our customer service team and to our marketing manager. And in the month of July, we paid them a total of $4,634, which is a little bit more than in the month of June. And I'm honestly not sure why it was a little bit more. I mean, The literal reason was because our customer service team worked a little bit more than in the month of June, but I'm not really sure exactly why that was. So that's something that I'm going to be looking into for sure. The next line item is $2,300 paid to my business manager, otherwise known as my integrator or my operations manager. Her name is Courtney. She is amazing and she really kept things running smoothly while I was out of the office. And she keeps things running smoothly while I'm in the office as well because managing a team and managing projects isn't really my strong suit. I tend to be a little bit scattered myself. I always have these new ideas. I'm always charging forward towards the new ideas and really just like daily operations. It's yeah, it's not my strength, but she's amazing at that. Just keeping all the ducks in a row, keeping everything super organized, making sure everything runs really smoothly. This is the best money I spend every single month. And the final amount that I paid out to a subcontractor was $50 for video editing. Obviously, I wasn't producing videos myself this month, but we did have a few videos that were recorded by guest experts for Startup Society members, and those videos needed to be edited. So that's what that money was for. And I also think that there is some money that we are going to need to pay out to our video production team who normally helps me with my YouTube videos um, because they were billing us while they were actively recording with me before I went on maternity leave. But then after I was on maternity leave, they kept editing videos for the YouTube channel, but they didn't keep billing us. And I kind of think we may have had a little bit of a misunderstanding about how and when they were going to get paid, but I'm talking to them now because I think they need to send me another bill that they never sent me. The next line item is our telephone and utilities, exactly the same as normal, $320. And then one more random expense that we had in the month of July was $150 that I had to pay to re-register the business and renew the LLC registration as well. By the way, if you're thinking about maybe turning your company into an LLC, I would highly recommend it. It's not very expensive. In my state, it costs literally $100. And then I'm paying another $50 for keeping my business name active. I'd have to pay that money either way. But it really reduces your business liability. And it also can help to simplify your bookkeeping and other things like that. So I consider that a very important expense. I only have to pay that $100, I believe, once a year. 
Maybe it's even once every other year. I'm not certain right now. I think it's once a year though, but it just helps everything be a little bit more official and a little bit less risky overall. So I think that's a very good $100 to spend. Okay, so overall, my expenses in July were a bit higher than in June. There were several kind of random expenses that came up, as I just shared with you. Total expenses were $24,639 compared to $23,364. So it looks like about $1,300 more in the month of July. So not very much, actually, considering all those different expenses that were a bit higher, especially considering the fact that we spent $3,000 more on Facebook ads. So I guess some of the other expenses were a little bit lower than normal. This episode is brought to you by Startup Society. If you run an online business or you're thinking about starting one, then Startup Society is the place for you. It's a bootcamp training program for entrepreneurs, plus an incredibly supportive membership community. If you're looking for a framework to make building an online business as simple and straightforward as possible, then that's exactly what you'll find inside Startup Society. Every month, we create a step-by-step -step action plan for our members to follow to create a specific result in their business so that they can keep moving forward and growing. Past action plans have helped our members write their websites, launch online courses, and hire their first employees. And when you become a member, not only will you get access to our future action plans, but you'll also get access to our entire library of past action plans, including the ones that I just mentioned. You'll also get business coaching directly from me during our live monthly coaching sessions. During these sessions, you can ask any business questions that you have so that you can make sure that you get the answers you need in order to be able to keep moving forward and not get stuck. As a member, you'll also be invited into our membership community where you can connect with other online entrepreneurs who are crushing it so that you can be inspired and make some lasting connections. If you're interested in becoming a member of Startup Society, then there's no time like the present to make that happen. To sign up, just head to gillianperkins.com slash startup society. Again, that's gillianperkins.com slash startup society. And as a listener of this podcast, I have a special offer for you. You can become a member of Startup Society for $10 off every single month. Just use code earn more when you are signing up. Again, that code is earn more, all one word, and it will give you $10 off your monthly membership costs. If you want to turn your online business into a success as quickly and as strategically as possible, then I would love to work with you to make that happen. And now let's get back to the episode. Okay, so the bottom line is that in the month of July, our total net profit was $17,816. And then if we add in the wages that were paid to me, those $5,000 of wages, that would bring the total amount that I get to keep as the owner of the business to $22,800 for the month of July. And that is a little bit lower than in the month of June. We had a really good month in the month of June. I believe I said last month that June was our second best month ever, which was crazy considering I wasn't even working in the month of June. And we had earned $28,700 in net profit 
including my wages in the month of June. So we're down around $6,000 this month from the month of June. But again, I know I keep saying this, but I expected so much more of a drop. I expected it to drop off so much more quickly. And so I'm just really pleased that we have still managed to earn well over $20,000 in profits really while I was out of the office. That's just so amazing. Okay, so I'm going to quit going on about that. We're going to move on to talking about how much I worked and especially how much my team worked. So let's talk about how much I worked first because that is the much smaller number here. Okay, are you ready for this? In the month of July, I worked a grand total of six hours and 26 minutes. So yes, I was on maternity leave. I was not in the office on a regular basis, but I did step in a few times to do a few things. And the main reason that I was stepping in a few times was because Courtney was getting a bunch of things done and she finished a few projects that needed kind of my final touch on them in order for them to go live and actually be finished. And so I really wanted to kind of do that for Courtney so that her projects could actually be tied up, but also so we could start getting the benefits of these various projects. So one of them was we set up a brand new funnel. However, it's not quite as exciting as that sounds or quite as big as that sounds because we were actually just creating a new version of a funnel we already have up and running. So we have a webinar funnel that we use to sell our channel launch course, which is our YouTube strategy, YouTube growth course. It teaches people how to start successful YouTube channels and how to rapidly grow them. And we've been working on this funnel for the past year or so, tinkering with it, working on optimizing it. But recently we learned from a few different people about an alternative funnel strategy that is much shorter and has a much faster pace. So instead of asking someone to sign up for a webinar that is scheduled for a future time, making them wait, sending them several emails, then hoping they show up and then pitching them the product later. Instead, when someone signs up for the webinar, they get to watch it immediately. So they sign up and they're immediately taken to the page where they can watch the training on, learn some awesome information about how to grow their YouTube channel for free. And then after getting all that value and learning a whole lot right there on the webinar page, they have the option to, if you will, upgrade and actually buy the entire course and learn a whole lot more about how to take their YouTube channel to the next level. So we decided to create one of these fast track funnels for our program channel lunch. And we don't yet have data about whether or not it is performing better or as well as the other funnel that we've been working on optimizing that is a much longer, slower funnel. However, I have to say that even if it doesn't perform better, personally, I like this style of funnel so much better because I hate making people wait and really just dragging out the pitch process. I mean, as a consumer, if I want to watch a free training, I want to watch it now when I'm interested in it. And if there's a product that I'm interested in buying, I just want people to tell me about it and tell me how much it is so that I can make a decision and move on rather than having them make me wait and really drag out the pitch process and make me wait to find out how much it costs and all of that. So personally, I'm a big fan of this fast track funnel approach, but we'll see exactly how it ends up working or not. And I'll definitely share that with you in future income reports. But anyway, my point here is Courtney had done the work of setting up this new fast track funnel and 
which we were mostly reusing assets from the old funnel. So like reusing the sales page, reusing the webinar, reusing emails, but a lot of it had to be tweaked and it all had to kind of be reset up in this new system. So she'd done all that work and she needed me to go in, look things over and make sure that everything was how I wanted and make some final edits and stuff. So that took me about 40 minutes. Then I spent one hour recording last month, June's income report. I also spent an hour and a half reviewing some content that Courtney had set up for our new affiliate program for Startup Society. So we've never had an affiliate program before, but we are about to get it off the ground for the first time. So we're going to have the opportunity for other people to promote Startup Society and earn income from doing this. So basically they can share Startup Society with their audience. And if people sign up, they will get 50% of the revenue from these new members, uh, which I think is a really cool opportunity. We've had a lot of people, a lot of our members ask if we have an affiliate program and be interested in sharing it with their audience audiences. So I'm excited to let them finally do this and to try affiliate programs for the first time. So Courtney did a bunch of the work to set that all up. Again, reusing a lot of assets we had, but they had to all be reorganized and some new assets like instructions for the affiliates had to be created. So I then went and spent about an hour and a half reviewing all of that and making a few changes so that it was all ready to go and so that we could start inviting affiliates to the program. I also spent an hour and a half on Video Creator Academy. So basically, uh, if you've listened to the last couple income reports and you'll already know a little bit about this, but we ran a program called Video Creator Academy and we ran it live a few months ago, right before we went on maternity leave and it went great. And now we have the lifetime access version of this program available for purchase along with channel launch. But when we ran it live, we were doing one-on-one coaching with a lot of our beta students. And right when I was in the middle of doing these sessions with the members, the final wrap up sessions, my baby was born and I still had several of these sessions scheduled on my calendar for the following week. And of course, everyone was super understanding and rescheduled very happily. So that was very, very nice of them. But I didn't want to make them wait months until I was back in the office. So I did a few of those wrap up sessions that I hadn't yet gotten to in the month of July. I think there was three of them because it was an hour and a half and they were 30 minutes each for those wrap-up sessions. And then I spent another two hours on miscellaneous tasks. Uh, And this was mostly time spent on email, on bookkeeping, on answering Slack messages. It was all super little stuff. And so I didn't record all the little things that I did, but that is it. So I spent a total of six and a half hours working in the month of July. And just in case you missed last month's income report, in the month of June, I'd spent just under two hours working. So that means eight and a half hours total for these last two months while I was on maternity leave. It was super comfortable. I never really felt like there was a bunch of stuff I had to get done. I was just working a tiny bit, you know, an hour or two each week to get some things done so that people could keep moving forward without me. Now let's talk about those people. Let's talk about the rest of my team and how much they worked. So in order to understand this information, you will need a little bit of context. Prior to maternity leave and prior to us prepping for maternity leave, so in other words, let's say this was basically prior to March of 2020, my team was working an average of 
I would say around 125 hours per month in addition to the time that I was putting in myself. It would fluctuate between around 100 hours and around 150 hours. Then a few months before maternity leave, in about March, we all started working a fair amount more to get ready for me to take the time off. We had a bunch of projects we wanted to finish up. We just loaded a ton on our plates because we had big projects that we were wrapping up that we wanted to finish before I went on maternity leave. We also had things that had to get done before maternity leave so that everything could just keep running smoothly. So here, I mean, we had to produce the videos that were gonna be published and produce the podcast episodes, primarily content that had to be created for a while I was out of the office. And then finally, because I wasn't going to be working, we loaded a few projects onto everyone's plates that were things that we really wanted to get done. And if we didn't get them done then, then we were going to have to wait until this fall. And we were honestly just being a little bit impatient about those things. So we were doing a whole lot of extra work. And so in the months of March, April and May, the team was working about 240 hours in addition to the time that I was working. And so they were working almost twice as much as they had been working in the past. Now, keep in mind that in the month of May, we did bring on a new team member. So some of those hours are attributed to her. And then also the customer service team was working quite a few extra hours and they are paid hourly. And the reason they were working extra hours was both because they were helping us do some maternity prep stuff, but they were also dealing with a lot more customer service work because we had recently launched a couple programs. And so we had a lot of new customers who we were serving. Anyway, so I hope that that gives you some context like in the past, an average of 125 hours, then they bumped all the way up to 240 hours. And then in the month of June, they worked 200 hours and I didn't work really at all. I worked two hours. And then in the month of July, they collectively worked 187 hours. And I worked, I think I said six and a half hours. So they are on a decline right now. Of course, they are definitely picking up some of the slack. They are doing some of the things that I normally do. So that's why they're not all the way back down to 125 hours like they were prior to all of this. But they're also working less on other things because I haven't been in the office starting new projects and needing their help with those new projects. So there have been less, I would say, irons in the fire. We're doing less right now. And so they're working less for that reason. The other thing that's making them work more though is that there's more of them because we brought that marketing manager on. And so now she is working an average of around 40 hours per month. And so if we took out the hours she was working, then that would bring July's hours, for example, down from 186 all the way down to 146, which is actually pretty close to that 125. And so the answer to the question, is my team working less with me out of the office is, I mean, yes and no. In some ways they're working less, in other ways they're working more. They're definitely working less than they were when we were prepping for maternity leave, but they're working a little bit more than they have at some times in the past. Okay, so that is most of everything for this income report. We've talked about how much money the business earned. We've talked about our expenses. We've talked about how much I worked and even how much the team worked. But before I wrap this up, I did want to 
touch a little bit more on kind of what's happening right now and what's happening in the near future. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I really enjoyed my time off. I really enjoyed the time with my family. It was just amazing. It was honestly so much better than I expected it could be. It was way better than I thought it might be. And it was better than I thought it could be. And so coming back, I was feeling a little bit disappointed that I had to go back to work. Like I said, it's been good, but it made me feel really determined to keep my work hours to a minimum, at least for now, so that I can continue to enjoy as much family time as I can, especially now that my my oldest, who is Walter, he is six. And so we're really getting into school this year. I'm homeschooling my kids as I've planned to do from the start. And I've been casually doing school with him for the past couple years, slowly teaching him how to read, slowly getting into math. But this is the first year where I would say we're really getting serious about school. And because of that, I feel like I need to prioritize that. I need to make sure that I I have the time to do that and do it well. And also, as we have started to get into school over these past couple of years, I have learned that at least my kids do the very best with school the earlier in the day they do their school. The later in the day it is, the more lethargic they are, the more distracted they are, and it's just honestly hard to get them to focus. And so as much as I love working in the morning, I've decided to prioritize their school first thing in the morning and then do my work a little bit later in the day. And like I said, I also want to do a little bit less work so that I'm not having to work all afternoon or into the evening or anything like that. So right now I'm keeping my work hours at 15 hours per week or less is the plan. That's how much I've scheduled on my calendar. And I think that at least with the workload that is right now upon me, I can definitely do that. I do anticipate that in the coming weeks, in the coming months, we'll start to load projects on one at a time. And it will be hard for me to keep my work hours that low. And at some point, I probably will go back up to 20 or 25 hours per week. So I'm just going to kind of roll with that. But I do want to share with you more about what my work routine currently looks like, what I'm doing each day, how I'm structuring that, how exactly how much I'm working, what different work tasks I'm focusing on and things like that. So I think I'm going to make a YouTube video about how I'm running the business in about 15 hours per week and then sharing that probably at the beginning of September. So make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel if you're not already so that you don't miss that video. If you aren't subscribed, you can just search for my name, Gillian Perkins on YouTube or you can even just Google it and you'll find my YouTube channel and you can subscribe and then you'll be notified if you ring the bell, you'll be notified when that video comes out. So if you're not already subscribed, I'd love to have you there and love to have you watch that video. All right, so that is pretty much it for this episode of the podcast. Of course, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you will want to do that as well. If you aren't sure how to subscribe to the podcast, all you need to do is, first of all, make sure that you have a podcast app on your phone. Maybe you're listening to this episode on my website, gillianperkins.com, right now. So if that's the case, you need to get a podcasting app. Personally, I really like the Stitcher app, or if you have an iPhone, then you will have the Apple Podcasts app on your 
your phone. There are lots of great podcasting apps out there. Also the Google podcasting app. And then you need to search for the name of the show on your podcasting app. So you'll search for work less, earn more, and then you'll just hit the subscribe button. And that will allow you to get access to each additional episode on your phone. So you won't have to go to the website and look it up because who is going to remember to do that, right? So you want to have it at your fingertips. One last thing before I go, promise this is quick. I mentioned a couple months ago that I would really love to hear your feedback on these income reports. I've been doing them with a lot of variety, highlighting different things each month. So one month I'll really focus on our expenses, another month really focusing on our income sources, another month really focusing on my hours, different things like that. But Alternatively, I could keep them in a really standard format going through each of the numbers each month, and that might be a little bit easier to follow along with. I would love to hear your input on this, whether you prefer more variety or you'd prefer a more consistent approach, what would be easier for you to listen to, what would be more interesting to you. The easiest way for you to share your opinion on this with me is to shoot me a DM on Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at Gillian Z Perkins and just shoot me a private message and let me know what you're thinking about the income reports, what you're liking about them, what you're not liking, and which format you would prefer. All right, we are going to wrap this up now. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back again next week with another episode and I hope you tune in then. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do that, make sure to tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so that I can see that you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so that they can learn how to work less, earn more, and take back their lives. And when you share, I want to add it to my stories so that you can get some exposure that way as well. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave it a review to give the show a boost. Every single week, I feature a review on the podcast and I would love to give you and your business a shout out. So if you leave a review, it will help the show, but it can also help your business as well. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Elaine Perkins and until next week, stay focused and take action. Take action.